add a bit of sunshine to your home with Easy Living Furniture's Garden Furniture Sale with stunning dining sets, cracking egg chairs and relaxing sun loungers that are in stock and ready for delivery there really is something for everyone and with an extra 10% off sale prices and free delivery over 399 now really is the time to let your garden shine Garden Sale now on Visit Easy Living Furniture Don't miss out Find your local store online at easylivingfurniture.ie This is an Irish independent podcast. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Proud sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry. Hello and welcome to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. Folks, my next guest wears many hats. Mother of twins, broadcaster, stylist, fashion designer and an entrepreneur. This week, as part of our Life Lessons episode, I'm very excited to be joined in studio by Sonia Lennon. Sonia, welcome to the show. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Let's Which start. is pretty good that I'm good. Good is given good. The- it's <laughs> December. It's busy. It's cold outside. We're all flat out. Um, how's life? Let's start before we go back and chat about everything that you've done how is how are you how's life now i'm good yeah i'm good it's been like everybody i suppose kind of momentous the last few years um so when i look at the kind of big things that have happened uh, my mom went into residential care in lockdown one she has quite progressed dementia and that was a massive family decision um very very tough uh but she's thriving now and it's really interesting you know she had been at home with my dad as primary carer. Um, it's just really hard. He's 84 now. And so to make that decision and to free him from that responsibility was a big thing. Um, and and now she has time for fun and she's safe and she's scheduled and she's socialized. And we we're I'm on my way in there after this and we'll all go in and, and see her and she'll be delighted to see us. And so that's been amazing, like a kind of a freedom. And a rebirth for him as well. Um, we did a big home renovation, which we were out of our home for 10 months. So coming back in now and really enjoying our home. This is going to be our first Christmas in the new home. So that's very exciting. Um, and yeah, like there's, there's lots going on. The family are good. The, the twins are getting ready to do the leaving cert. Um, leaving cert. Leaving cert. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So two, not one. Like, yeah, yeah, no, 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 not one, but two <laughs> leaving certs in our house. Uh, in in uh, the summertime, so yeah, look, it's it's good, it's all good. Okay, where did everything start? So, like, even listening to the introduction there, you've done so much here, and I, I've I've been at a conference with you. You're a powerhouse of a woman. Yeah, I'm fascinated to to to, to learn a bit more about it. So, where did everything? Where did it kick off? And was fashion always where it was going to go? Yeah, I think so. Like I was, I used to watch fashion TV when when I was a kid, and I remember getting goosebumps and thinking, "This is magic stuff." I'm just really excited about this. And my mom was a transatlantic air hostess, and she used to bring back stuff from New York. And I remember she brought me back a pair of leg warmers, and I was the coolest kid. Like I was the first kid with leg warmers oh my gosh, in Dublin. It's Jane Fonda. Oh, I yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was kind of a fame <laughs> reference at the time. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and the, and I, and again, it was that kind of um, contagion of feeling really good, and all my friends were delighted to hang out with me because I had the leg the leg warmers were like a talisman, you know. And then just it all became about kind of the joy of looking good, feeling good. Um, fa- tapping into that through fashion retail, through styling, 
through makeovers, through designing, through empowering women through Dress for Success, which is now Work Equal and 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 understanding the power of of how looking good can make you feel good. And were you always driven? Because even listening to you chat about, you, you can hear passion in someone's voice and you have it in spades. I think I was probably always bolshy. I was probably always a bit of a show off. I, I, I and a performer, probably. Um, I did speech and drama as a kid. I, I, I am not shy. Um, and then I had a really good support network. So, and, and I was brought up in a home where we were given wings to do what we wanted to do and, and know that we were loved and supported in doing that, even if it wasn't maybe the most normal road to take or maybe, you know, like I didn't go to college after school. My parents were mildly horrified having paid for my education, um, but they still, you know, they said, OK, you, you do it your way. So you finished school, you decided not to go to college. What do, yeah. you, do? What do you do? I went, I became a shop girl. Uh, I went and worked in high end fashion retail. I, I sold very expensive clothes and I loved it. I loved selling. I loved the same thing. That moment where a woman tries something on and, and you know she looks good. She knows she looks good. And and that was kind of amazing. And, and what that taught me, I suppose, was um, a, a sort of an intuitive understanding of what a garment will do on a hanger before it even gets on a body, you know, so I, I know what a what a garment will look like before there's a body in it. And and that's been really obviously very informative in terms of Len and Courtney and making sure that we're creating clothes that that create value for our women. We don't want we don't want our clothing to be a challenge or a threat. We want it to be a solution. And how did yourself and Brendan meet then? How where did that come Tinder. from? Tinder. <laughs> no, we didn't obviously meet on Tinder uh, or Grinder. Uh, so we were we were like a fashion boy band. We were put together by RTE um, okay. for Off the Rails. So we we had kind of mutual friends. We had a sort of a, an edgy respect for each other, but we didn't know each other. Um, but we were match made for for Off the Rails. Yeah, that's where it all started in two thousand and eight. Is that okay? Wow! Mm -hmm. So, because Operation Transformation was on around the same time, yeah. I remember watching it. And TV, do you love it? Yeah, like I was a very reluctant TV presenter, to be honest with you. I was thirty nine and three quarters when I took the gig, so it wasn't like I was some wide eyed ingenue going, "This is it! It's my big break." Um, I wasn't sure that it was the direction to take because I'd been a very established. Uh, stylist. I'd been working in TV commercials, in music videos. I had a lovely life traveling, traveling all over the world and coming together with a group of creative people and clients and, and love my job. So I was turning my back on that by going into RT to present off the rails. Um, and I really wasn't sure it was the right thing to do. But I kind of figured that an opportunity like that doesn't come around twice if you knock it back. And I had a responsibility to rise to it and and take the risk, I suppose. And a risk that paid off? Yeah, well, I mean, it kind of double paid off because that was 2008. And so I literally stepped out of commercial styling into broadcasting and the advertising uh, industry collapsed uh, because of the financial crash. So from a sort of timing point of view, it was very fortuitous. Um, and then I loved it. I, 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 I felt very strongly that I wanted to bring the sensibilities from my styling career into broadcasting. So I wasn't interested in kind of being a sort of a dumbed down fashion girl. I wanted to talk about the psychology of feeling good and looking good. And um, and I wanted to make the women that we work with 
worked with feel feel great. And so did Brendan. And we were very aligned in that. And I think one of the things that we asked for time and again was revisits. Can we please go back to the women? Can we please see what's happened? And so many times she left the no good fiance. She quit her job. She bought a camper van. You know, she lost the weight she wanted to lose. It and And that's what that moment does. It becomes a catalyst which empowers you to drive your own sort of personal changes. Is it fair to say you're a risk taker and you're fearless? I think well I think that moment where I where I took that risk slightly inured me to it and made me braver and and then so the the subsequent w- risks that I've taken through my career and they have been plentiful um weren't as scary because I think what happens through your career if you get used to that the stakes get higher the risks get higher you're further to fall but in a way you have a responsibility to yourself to to make those calculated risks. How did you find having a family changed things or did they? Presumably twins changes everything. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, absolutely. Like my sister always tells me I'm a much nicer person <laughs> since I had the kids. <laughs> I think I probably took myself too seriously, you know. Um, like I would have always tried to be respectable respectful to everybody and and be very professional but I definitely had an overinflated sense of my own importance you know that was kind of protected by being well brought up and polite but I think you have what well, for me when I had kids it totally knocked the corners off me and made me realize that you know if you're sort of up to your elbow in nappies you you really can't take yourself too seriously <laughs> but did that emphasize how important the look and the dressing and that feeling that you get from clothes is when you are knee deep in the nappy changing and you get a chance to go out and, and the importance of that feeling from mm. them. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 for me, clothes is, is like, clothes are like football or golf might be to somebody else or, you know, it's, it's a, it's a hobby. It's a way of life. You know, I like getting dressed. It's fun. Um, so I, I, like I never felt the need to kind of slump into some version of myself that didn't feel right. Now I'm very lucky because I'm confident and 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 I have that sense of myself. Not everybody has that. And and I think sometimes, you know, I work with women and they I say to them if when you look in the mirror, does your reflection look like who you feel like on the inside? And so many times women will say, no, there's there's no relation between the me that I look like and the me that I feel. And I think that's the opportunity that we're afforded with clothes. And it doesn't have to be a huge investment. It's about joy um, and and a kind of little bit of curiosity. And they're the, the, the sort of behaviors and the mindsets that I'm really interested in the mo- at the moment. And, you know, I look at my dad, who's 84, who is eternally curious he will die curious and he's vital and I think that's a really important way to be Folks you're listening to Real Health with me Carl Henry in association with Leia Healthcare we're shouting all things life lessons with Sonia Lennon vibrant fascinating interesting I think what people will say so far listening in is that God it all sounds very easy <laughs> and I'm sure it's not because you make it sound oh, very look. easy and I'm going to ask you the questions around the yeah. tough times which I'm sure there were yep. uh, ups and downs yep about maybe what some of them were uh, and how you get over that. Because that's, I think, when you chat to people who are interesting, they've all gone through stuff. And it's the bounce back ability that I'm fascinated in that I think people like to know about, which is how do you bounce back and how do you, you know, keep going with challenging times? Yeah, it's a, you know, it's a 
fabulous question. And I go back actually to RTE when I when I went into RTE and I was reluctant and I wasn't sure and I was taking a risk and all of the the pain, the mental pain that goes with that, it, it lives in your aura, you know. So I had a um, a media trainer. You may have come across him, Paul Musselides. Oh, yeah. Love yeah, Paul. Yeah. And I went to meet uh, my series producer and uh, Paul said, can I have a moment with her, with her, please? And then we'll go into the training room. That was fine. And we went into the training room and he said to me, uh, so do you want to tell me what the problem is? I'd never met this man before. And I said, excuse me, <laughs> what problem? And he said, well, every fiber of your body is telling me you don't want to be here. So do you want to tell me why? And I said, yeah, OK, I'll tell you why. I am walking away from a 20 year career as a really successful commercial stylist. Um, if this doesn't work, that door may be shut to me. Somebody else m might walk through it in my place. Um, reputationally, for me to now be a fashion TV broadcaster, um, I'm worried that I'm going to appear frothy and superficial and, um, and, and lose my professional reputation. And he said to me, you know, I just asked your series producer one question. I asked her, what do you want Sonia to be on TV? And you know what her answer was? I don't know. So he said, you have a narrative in your head about other people's expectations for you that doesn't correlate with reality. So whatever it is that you want to be on TV is entirely up to you. And that was a real moment for me where I thought oh, we so much of our lives is a story that we tell ourselves that, you know, may or may not be true, you know. And so the challenges, even in the times, of the challenges, even when we had to close down our business, which we'd spent five years working on, you know, raised a lot of money, had a lot of stakeholders and shareholders and 17 staff, more importantly, who we had to let go in offices in London and Dublin. It was brutal. And we were we were like battle bruised from this thing. Um, and the decision that myself and Brendan made together was, OK, we've given it everything. It hasn't worked. Leave it. Do nothing for three months. Go and have the summer because this was June, the beginning of June when we closed down the business. Um, go and lick our wounds. Build ourselves back up again. Meet in September and then decide what we're going to do because we didn't know whether we were going to have to issue a press release, do media interviews. We had a failure, a big failure on our hands. Um, and that that time, that three months to kind of regroup um, and come together again, by the time we came back together in September, that that concept of nobody really caring became glaringly obvious that businesses fail all the time. And, and we had built this spectre up in our heads that people actually gave a damn. I mean, other than our staff, who I'm th thankful to say all went on to get amazing jobs. We practically acted as a hatchery for big tech. Um, but people people fail all the time. The, the The big question is, what can you learn from it? How can you move on? And how can you get up fast enough to not lose your place? And is it taking that time to lick your wounds well, a little I, bit? I think and... all, what, whatever happens to us in this life is the experience, right? So that's the, the mental or physical experience. That's what happens to us. Wrapped around that is a kind of a, <laughs> like a Teflon slash sugar coating of the emotional response, which is separate. And I think that's very primal. Um, and we need to give ourselves time to let that diffuse, to really rationally understand what has happened. Um, and I think that time is critical. 
Have you always been honest, or as honest as you seem? Like you come across as someone you're straight up. There's no nonsense, and it's you call it as you, as you see it. Is that something you've always you've always been? Yeah, I think I think so. I I I probably have become more honest as I've grown older, and you know, I am uh, a middle aged woman. I, I turned fifty four yesterday, so happy birthday! Uh, honestly. You know, never mess with a middle-aged woman <laughs> because <laughs> she has seen it all. She's done it all. She's worn the t-shirt. She has the wounds. You know, it's like it's such a liberation. And to any of your female listeners out there who are worried about it, oh my god, it is golden age stuff. It's the best time, and I have a fantastic group of friends who are all in around the same age, and nobody talks about. The, how wonderful it is, how wonderful it is to be entering into kind of what's almost like a rock star phase of your life. You know, you, you have so much wisdom. I have half a century of wisdom under my belt and learnings and experience that I can now bring to bear on every decision that I make. Um, the the journalist Eleanor Mills calls middle aged women queen agers, which I think is just <laughs> such a fantastic coinage. Um, and and we don't tell that story enough. And and we are. We are keeping the economy afloat. You look in any restaurant, any bar, it is full of women of a certain age and they are spending the money. They are keeping things moving. And where does the drive come from then now? So you have a new range with Dunn's just out. I know that. And yeah. lots of other projects on the go. Out and, and sold you're, out. You know, you're an MC. I've seen you speak at several. Like you're flat out busy. What's the what gets you to bed in the morning? I'm I am genuinely excited about living my life to the fullest. Like I really I'm that sounds so schmaltzy when I hear it coming out of my mouth <laughs> and I don't think I've ever said the sentence before. But it's like uh, you know, I was born into a gorgeous family. I was born into a great country. I was born into a democracy, you know. Uh, so much of the resources that I have available to me were based on luck. They were based on, you know, a privilege that I am only beginning to understand. Um and and so like a lot of the work in terms of social entrepreneurship, in terms of supporting and empowering women who um, maybe don't have those um, resources available to me. I feel that that's a kind of a responsibility to use. And that really came um, into focus when I did off the rails and I realized not only do I have the intellect and the skills to do this, I now have the profile to drive it forward. Um, and that's when it kind of became non-negotiable to 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 push for social impact as well as um, to turn that, I suppose, into into profit making as well. How do you manage the demands? Like you're all go. I get that. But no, no one can be all go or all, all the time. How do you how do you manage it? Okay, so I have an extraordinary amount of energy. I I I know that. I know. I I can see people looking at me and thinking, "Oh my God, is she ever <laughs> gonna stop?" Um. So and I don't take that for granted. And actually, mm -hmm. during COVID, it was one of the things that I was petrified of was that I'd end up in a bed on the flat of my back and be knocked out. That's my idea of hell. Um. So and that's not to say that I don't take downtime and it's not to say that I don't protect my uh, my schedule. I really, really do. In fact, I've just taken on um, an assistant to manage my diary and to really corral the the, the responsibilities that I sign up for. Um, so I think I'm naturally driven 
I'm naturally excited. So it's not a kind of a, I, I don't know. I can't explain it, Carl, but I, I, ha I have that energy naturally. And I guess if I didn't use it, I'd just turn into a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> we use it positively. And obviously yeah. health and wellness are very important. Yeah, I see that in your Instagram. You've got this very fun, uh, cool kind of workout zone in your house. So you, you, you mind yourself. I do. I like I do. And that's been a grower like that. Ha that hasn't always been the case. Um, like one of one of my closest friends who I've been friends with for the last, I'd say, 22, 23 years. Um, she she taught me how to walk like I obviously I could walk, but she taught me the joy of walking. And I had never put one foot in front of the other except to get from A to B before I met her. And 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 I'm a great walker. I love walking. Um, I wish I was a runner. I'm not a runner, um, but I do. Uh, I do love movement and I love working out. It's you know, it's pretty much non-negotiable. The workout happens first in the morning, um, for anything between twenty to fifty minutes, uh, depending on the schedule. So yeah, miss the odd day, of course, but yeah, that's the plan. For people listening in, men and women, uh, when we ask well, most of our guests this, what are the three takeaways you'd like them to take from listening to our chat that we've had? And you've been very strong and very honest and very frank and very, again, you have an energy about you that just it comes across through the microphone, but also through TV, obviously, as well. And people who are listening in about that life lessons thing to, to take away, to learn from you. What are your three takeaways you'd like them to, to take away? Uh, look, we've touched on it already um, is is courage. And I think if you are sitting in a life um, that doesn't serve you now, you probably have more control over that than you think. Um, and to exercise courage to make brave choices that can lead you down a path that will allow you to enjoy your life like that's We only have one of them. You know, what are, what are the decisions that you can make if you if you hate your job and you tot up all the hours you spend doing something you hate? Is that the way you want to live your life? But there are opportunities out there um, we have choices. If we're in a relationship that isn't good for us, what are we doing? <laughs> like, you know, be kind to yourself Um be brave be kind and act because nothing happens without action. There's a great little riddle that I love about three frogs sitting on a log in a river and two decide to jump off. How many frogs are left? Well, there's still three because just because you've decided to do something doesn't mean you've done it. You know, you have to act. You have to do it. Um, and action is is compelling and it makes you act even more. So I, I, I want to I want to be the person who if I died tomorrow, I'd feel I've done enough. Sonia Lennon, that's been fascinating. That's been a powerhouse of 25 minutes and I've enjoyed every single second of it. Uh, if people want to find you, I always ask people that. Yeah, I'm pretty easy to find um, across all social media at Sonia Lennon. And uh, obviously, if you like what you've heard here today, we have our own podcast, myself and Brandon, the Lennon Courtney podcast, which is available on all channels. And it's... Um, it is available to all ears, but it is kind of the thinking woman's take a break. So we take every aspect of social issues and life and living and we we pick it apart and ask the big questions.
Amazing. It's been brilliant to have you in. I've really, really enjoyed it. I love the Life Lessons episodes. They've been fascinating, but particularly when a guest is as strong on a microphone as you are, it's been absolutely wonderful. My pleasure. Thank you for coming in. Folks, that is it for another episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. As ever, you know where we are, realhealth at independent.ie, at Carl Henry PT on Instagram. If you've liked what you've listened to, and hopefully you did, don't forget to leave us a rating and a review. Much appreciated. And we'll see you next week for more Real Health. Sláin Gafol. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Proud sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry.